Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about random topics. I'm Kev. And I'm Jack. Let's talk about the World Series. And the rest of the MLB playoffs, to how we got there. You know, the other part that doesn't matter, but (laughs) still the playoffs, so we're going to talk about it. And if you want to hear our thoughts on the regular season, the 60-game season this year, we did an episode on that before the playoffs started. The playoffs were a little crazy, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, let's just get started with the first round. 16 teams in the playoffs this year, more than half the league, which has 30 teams. It's outrageous. (laughs) Who asked for this? It's something we've seen before with basketball, I believe does that. You know, it's eight seeds on the east and the west. Baseball decided to take a little page from that book and try something out this year. It's all about the money, baby. Yeah, and... I don't know. I don't know how I felt about it. I mean, now, obviously, we saw how everything went down. I'm not as mad about it. What do you think of the craziest, I guess, result of that where we had eight games in one day? That's a beautiful thing if you don't have a job (laughs) or have the day off, you know? Exactly. Uh, Can't hate on that. But like you said, you know, if you have a job or not, they did this on a Wednesday. And then on that weekend, there were no games. So it's like... Someone didn't arrange this right. This has to be the biggest con of all. Literally, the weekend, like, you have no games. It's ridiculous. It's con- it's like a joke, almost. Did you feel like with the eight games, though, that it had kind of a March Madness feel to it? Yeah, uh, that's like the perfect example to use when talking about it. Because it's like you have a lot of games and it's the first round, so everyone's hyped. You're like trying to catch a glimpse from every game or the ending at least. Yeah, catch the ending or if a game is better than the other, you just switch over and at least those first couple days of the first round was like that and I really like that aspect of it. That's why I'm not too mad at the whole 16 team thing, but part of why it doesn't work and it showed is because of that. So with the setup, that means like teams that are under 500 or, you know, teams that probably shouldn't be in the playoffs are going to make it. And it kind of showed some teams just, you could tell, weren't ready for the playoffs and they crashed. It's also a three game series, like best of three, where the wild card usually, I mean, it's not this many teams for the wild card, but it's just one game. But do you feel like three was a good amount? Because, I don't know, it still felt like, you know, it's not necessarily giving you the actual result of who's a better team. A team can easily steal that. Yeah, and that's part of it, too. Uh, We'll talk about the Marlins in a little bit. But, yeah, you can easily win two games. Uh, I still think the best formula is best out of five. So, first to three wins. But I take it and I understand it's also having to do with the time frame and trying to fit in all the games and, like super crammed in there was also like no breaks in between the, throughout the whole thing right yeah until the world series until the world series i mean is... except between series but right yeah yeah i mean that was a big factor because i don't know why they really had to pack it in as much as they did i know there were stuff at the beginning around covid where they wanted to do it before a certain time of year and stuff with the weather and also with the nfl as well but i don't know would it have hurt that much to go one more week to have more days off in between like it just seems too much and we'll get into it but you could see as it went on 
players were not at their best. They were drained from playing so much. It had to be something to do with the deal they made at the beginning with like the players association and getting games in, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? But it is true. It made it extra challenging, I'm assuming, for teams. Uh, there's been like this weird formula for baseball teams for, I don't know, decades now on like how to play the playoffs, you know, like have games in between your ace is gonna pitch multiple times and you're gonna use like those days off as like counted days of pitching and stuff and now with no breaks your ace has to pitch with like way less of, of like a gap or a rest when you're dealing with dogs i don't know like a verlander or scherzer they probably don't give a fuck about the days <laughs> off and whatnot but after a while it's gonna show and not even just that but it starts to go on your other players and if anything it can help hitters because like if you're in a hot streak shout out a rosarena or someone like that but when there's other people like if you're in a slump willie adamas it's gonna show and you're just not gonna hit i mean we'll get into more specifics as we go so let's dive into those first round games the best of threes so let's start off in the al the only true league <laughs> in baseball at least for now but yeah, I mean, let's start off in the AL with the Rays versus Blue Jays. Yeah, I mean, we both predicted the Rays, which I don't think anyone really thought the Blue Jays would win, except maybe fans and even them were probably like, yeah, it's not going to happen this year. Yeah, like they were hoping, but they probably wouldn't put money on it at all. Fun team. I mean, shout out to Vladdy Jr. Yeah, they have a nice young core, but it's just too early for them. It's not it. They're like two three years early which is fine they're getting the experience you know yeah i'm just gonna get them ready for that moment but next up we got a's versus white Sox, which we disagreed on i had said the white Sox; they had a little bit of destiny on their side it seemed like and you had the a's i had said you know a's always find a way to fuck up which they have a big history of especially in the wild card scenario and the White Sox were having a hot year as a young team. But A's pulled out on top. White Sox just couldn't do it, even though Lucas Giolito, the god, gave them a great pitching performance. It wasn't enough. Yeah, they, they didn't have the heart. As a team, they kind of were deflated. I mean, Eloy got injured yeah. sometime in the series. It was just like, yeah, their bright star was Lucas, and that's about it. But yeah. But then we go on to the Twins versus the Ass uh, Trastros. <laughs> and sadly, the Astros won. But I'm pretty sure we probably predicted the Astros were going to win this one. No, we said the Twins. I think we wanted the Twins <laughs> to win, but we know the Twins' history. Yeah, basically haven't won a playoff game since 2004. <laughs> Most of that coming to the Yankees. And that could be tricky because you could be like, oh, maybe they don't make the playoffs that much. <laughs> nah, they've been there like every fucking year, like the last five years. This doesn't end well. I don't know what the fuck happens to the Twins. No. Like they can't win a game. I think they were like on a 16, 17 game losing streak. A handful of them came against the Yankees. Shout out to the truest team out there. Speaking of the Yankees too, that was the final matchup of the AL side where they played the Indians and you know for people who don't know we've said this a million times but we're both hardcore Yankee fans that's right this season like the regular season had been very inconsistent for them 
So I was not feeling confident. I said they were probably going to lose. You said they were going to make it through. Luckily, you turned out to be right. They made it past Shane Bieber, who pitched incredibly during the regular season and then couldn't do it against the Bronx Bombers. And Garrett Cole was great. Stannon hit a grand slam. Geo hit one. Like They made it look easy, that series. Yeah, we treated them like we treat the Twins pretty much. <laughs> I wasn't confident at all. Maybe when I made my prediction, I was straight up capping, <laughs> as them youngins say. But yeah, I mean, facing Shane Bieber, it's like, oh, this dude, no one hits him at all the entire season. I think the worst division in baseball, probably. <laughs> but still, like, good pitching is good pitching. And we got through it, and yeah, we made it look pretty easy, which was impressive. Then we moved to the NL, the National League, where the Dodgers faced the Brewers. A crazy battle. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know how the Dodgers made it out, but the Dodgers won this series. Showed why they're the best team. I mean, the Brewers didn't look all that bad facing. No, they held up decently. Yeah, like the number one team in the league. The Dodgers. Especially when it wasn't the best year for the Brewers in general. Even Yelich, their star. Yeah, dude cannot hit a coconut if he could <laughs> at this moment. I don't know what's up with him. Sucks. Hopefully he gets back to his old ways. But again, most people had the Dodgers. Next up, we got the Braves versus the Reds. The first game of this series was super exciting. Incredible pitching matchup. Trevor Bauer versus Max Fried. Both of them did incredible. The game went to extras. Braves ended up winning it. And from there, you were kind of like, oh, this series could kind of go either way. But the Reds hadn't scored in that first game, and they didn't end up scoring in the second. So they got held scoreless. The Braves' offense really woke up in the second one. They didn't have to face Bauer, so that was a wrap. It got to the point where, like, if you could score a few runs, literally two runs, you could probably move on to the next round. But they legit didn't score. I would have liked to see like Trevor Bauer at least come back one more time. And even if it's in relief, just throw a few more pitches. Real quick side note, he's about to be a free agent now. And I feel like that start, that one start in the postseason there, his value was already high, but that made it just skyrocket even higher. Yeah. Any team that's not afraid of him, because he is a strong personality. He's very outspoken vlogs in the clubhouse and stuff hell yeah i mean rob manfred's worst nightmare (laughs) at this moment probably yeah there's a team that can embrace that there's probably a few teams that need that right free marketing let's move on into the next series which was between the cubs and the marlins two nobody teams at least (laughs) this season marlins no one expected even to make the playoffs and then you have the cubs which were Kind of middle of the pack since they won their World Series a couple years back. The Marlins surprised everybody again. We predicted it, though. Yeah, because it's one of those teams that, like, yo, they're they're having fun. and like Yeah, and they have good pitching. Sixto Sanchez, forget the other guy. And the Cubs, to me, and we said this in the predictions episode, they just look lost all year. They weren't there. I don't even think of the Cubs and the crazy shit is I play MLB The Show like every other day and Javi Baez is the cover. And even when I see him, I'm like, oh, yeah, the Cubs. Like, oh, they're a team, but they're just nowhere. Somehow they made it to the playoffs, but couldn't even make it past the Marlins. And then last up for the NL for the first round, 
Padres versus Cardinals. Padres were like the talk of the league this year during the regular season. Super exciting young team with Fernando Tatis Jr., arguably the upcoming or current face of baseball. Cardinals gave them a little bit of a scare, but Padres eventually woke up, got their energy that they had during the regular season, and finished them off. Even though also they didn't have their two best pitchers, Clevenger, who they picked up at the trade deadline, and Denelson Lamette. But they made it work that round. The Cardinals I almost saw as like the Cubs, where it's like, oh yeah, you're, you're a team in baseball and you made it. <laughs> but I feel like every time I heard about them this regular season, it was COVID-related. They were one of the teams that got hit the worst, I believe. They missed a bunch of time. Yeah, it was like a whole thing. And it was never really about the baseball form. It was something with COVID every time I heard about them. But somehow they still made it. So shout out to them. You have the Padres, which the Dodgers were for sure like the best team. But the Padres were the team that people wanted to watch, I feel. They were right. like the fun team. They're playing that way. They're just out there. Everything is a home run, strikeouts. Grand Slam, Slam Diego. Slam Diego. Bunch of phony names, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> this is like the team that had people excited, which is kind of dope. And yeah, they moved on. And they hadn't won a playoff series in 22 years. So even just to win that was like the city was going crazy. And that wrapped up. The first round, which meant that all the teams in the central division of both the AL and NL didn't make it, which meant that for the next series, which was the division series, teams from the same division were actually facing off against each other, which doesn't always happen. Because for people who don't know, in each league, the AL and NL, there's the East, Central, and West. So sometimes you get a mix of those in the playoffs, but... This year, it was, like, two teams from the AL East and like that, so. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how, like, baseball mirrors real life, and <laughs> it's all about the coasts. <laughs> uh, but let's move on. <laughs> so, yeah, in the AL, we have the Rays against the Yankees. How much do we want to go into this? Uh, The Rays won. Let's move on. Uh <laughs> This one's tough. We have the Rays, who just beat us up like the regular season. And we knew this was going to be our biggest challenge. I mean, obviously, once you got to the actual World Series, blah, blah, blah. But this was going to be like our biggest challenge to get to the World Series. In the and, AL, yeah. And we got so close. It went all five games down to the very end. A lot of internal things. Like, we could have had that second game that we gave up. and Yeah, the whole Debbie Garcia, Jay Happ thing in game two. Bunch injuries of decisions. Also, even with, like, no Seve and Paxton. Injuries. Whole lot of play. Like, who plays, who not. The whole Gary Sanchez, Higashioka, who actually ended up playing well. So much. It was almost... It was weird because we went so far and got so close, but there was so much like internal problems that we knew are kind of problems but somehow they were kind of working out but not at the same time there's like a lot of confusion as a fan base right now for the yankees (laughs) and the organization not just the fan base we're not doing shit we're just watching really but it was frustrating because we got really close and i guess the better team won the race and for people who don't know you know the red sox are the big yankees rival but there's been 
you know, drama brewing with the Rays over the years, mostly with pitchers kind of throwing at batters on both sides, including the infamous CC Sabathia, that's for you, bitch, pitch. And earlier during the regular season, there was a whole incident where Chapman threw at one of the Rays players after some stuff had happened earlier in the game. And that same batter came up, bottom of the eighth, tie game, right out of a movie, hits a home run off him to give the Rays the lead. Yankees don't do shit the next inning, and the Rays win. And it was just like a dagger in the heart. Still stings. Let's move on. Then the other matchup in the AL was the A's versus the Astros, where the Astros, you know, coming off, beating the Twins, they were really feeling themselves already off that. Carlos Correa was talking mad shit, and they beat the A's pretty easily, and it was annoying, and they just kept talking. Yeah, uh, the A's came in with a lot of confidence, too, talking about a team that feels like They've been cheated out of possibly making the World Series because of the whole scandal with the Astros and same cheating. Division. And they're in the same division, so... And they had the beef earlier this year with Loriano and the... It's like a coach. lot of history, a lot of everything between them, and they were coming in hot, and the Astros didn't take that shit at all and just beat them up, which sucks, because, like, I was fine with them beating the Twins, the Astros, that is, but... I really wanted the ace to take this one and just, like, shove it in there. Hey, yo. Uh, yeah, you got the point. The A's always find a way to mess up in the playoffs. Sucks that it was against the Astros. But, yeah, then we go into the division series in the NL side and start off with the Dodgers and Padres, which is pretty fire. Like, this, uh, this is the matchup you want right here. We, like, disagreed on who was going to win it. I don't even remember who I said. I said the Dodgers, and you had the Padres. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Can you blame me? Um, I mean, I wanted the Padres to win. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Again, like we mentioned, the Padres is, is the team people want to watch. It's the team I'm excited for. Like, I'm a Yankee fan, and I was like, hey, just in my head, like, if the Padres take this shit, I'm completely cool with that. Yeah. Just because they're just exciting. They have some of my favorite players at the moment, and... Also, it would be cool to see, like, all the Dodgers fans cry a little bit more. Part of going into this series, too, was if either of the pitchers were going to be ready to go in this series. And they did try to bring Clevenger out. But after, like, an inning, he was like, no, nah, I can't do it. They could tell, like, based off his velocity and stuff. So they took him out, and that was it. So that was part of it, too. Like, if they had had Clevenger and Denelson Lamette, it would have been a much more interesting series. And if you ask me, I think my prediction would have come true. I think the Padres could have taken this one because even without that, like, they're aces, essentially. They stayed in these games. They made them fun. Yeah. Took crazy defense, good pitching. I mean, we have Bellinger out here acting like a NBA player, just <laughs> robbing home runs out of fucking 10-foot walls and shit. Everyone was, like, showing off, but the Padres were still, like, staying in there, making the games fun, but they fell a little short. Even that game where Bellinger robbed the home run, they made that really close and it came down to the very end, but they couldn't pull it out. And after that, it was pretty much over. Also on Bellinger, that was when we began to see the memes of him <laughs> come up, which became like a running thing throughout the playoffs, which was kind of fun. 
Oh yeah, I mean, if you don't know, it's pretty much like picture of Cody Bellinger, who's their outfielder because he plays everywhere, first baseman. He plays literally Former anything. MVP. Dude, what does he look like? I don't know, like a airhead hippie, out of space pothead. <laughs> white kid from los angeles i don't yeah. know i mean he could be out the 70s yeah uh just put him in a dodgers uniform i think he even wears a bandana or some sort yeah. of mm-hmm. headband with flowy hair yeah think about it if you haven't seen the picture specifically it's basically him kind of like looking up yeah like dazing out. like dazing out mouth open i think you know kind of <laughs> like what what <laughs> bruh bruh <laughs> And, like, people would overlay different versions with, like, lowered opacity. So, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it pretty funny. Uh, it kept going even later on in the series or in the playoffs. Like, the camera would just pan to him and he was legit in that same post. And it's like, <laughs> nah, this is not the me. This is a different day. But he just, he's that person. Yeah. It felt like the meme would find new life with different pictures or, you know game captures that kept happening where it was like the same thing so i think that's gonna be living with him for a bit now maybe he'll lean into it yeah it was pretty funny and then the other matchup of the nlds was the braves versus the marlins and we had predicted the reds coming off their kind of hot end to the season but we also both said that while the marlins were going to beat the cubs they weren't going to beat whoever they played next and that turned out to be right. I mean, the Braves handled them easily. They looked like they were just kind of jumping off their hot offense from the past series. They were fucking hitting everything. Yeah. Freddie Freeman showing off. Acuna, his bat was on fire. They were looking like, yo, they could take it all. And again, it's something where, like, you don't want to take it too serious because it's the Marlins. But <laughs> they were looking good first time they went on to the nlcs since 2001 which is pretty crazy i didn't realize it had been that long and it was the first time the marlins ever lost a playoff series because only other time they went to the playoffs since they became a franchise in like 97 or something was when they won the world series so but that was about it for the division series and then we move on to the championship series where winners are made (laughs) on the al We had the Rays versus the Astros. While they're not in the same division, the Astros did knock out the Rays in the playoffs. So, you know, they had beef with them too. I mean, every team has beef with the Astros, but... Both teams were pretty on fire, coming in hot. Rays just beating the Yankees. I'm pretty sure they were high on life. (laughs) The Astros winning in, like, the best fashion ever, like ego on a thousand for like the whole team and this was a fun series for sure and that's even though during the regular season they couldn't have been farther apart like the rays were the top seed and the astros were all the way at the bottom the under 500 team that we were talking about arguably shouldn't have made it but here they were facing each other yeah like i remember us hating on the fact that they even made it as a under 500 team but maybe that was because we were afraid that they would go far maybe we needed them there we needed a a villain in the playoffs (laughs) for sure which we saw here i mean the race started off hot took the first three games taunting the astros like oh yeah piece of shit about to get swept about to get swept they said nah 
<laughs> hold my beer. <laughs> they got pretty hot. I mean, took the next three games, tied yeah. the series. Korea hit a walk-off in game five. I was sweating, bro. Like, I'm not even a fan of either of the teams, but it was like, fuck. If the Astros really pull this shit off, there's no way they don't win the World Series because you just don't come back from 3-0. I mean, last time that shit happened was the Red Sox, and oh my God. I'm not going to say the rest. You figure that out if you want. But... <laughs> I was for sure, like, afraid. I'm not even going to hold you. Like, it was a nightmare waiting to happen. But game seven came through. Charlie Morton on the mound, who's a beast in the playoffs, came through, pulled off the win. First pitcher to win four? Yeah, twice as many with the fourth win as anyone else for a winner-take-all game. But, yeah, the dude is clutch. I mean... A true ace in the playoffs, which is when you want to have your ace out there. And he's a vet at this point. Yeah, dude's watched. Don't get me wrong. Somehow <laughs> he still has a whole lot of game, but I think he's been in the league like over 10 years, which is crazy. Pulled it off. Ha-ha to the Astros. But they put up a fight. What did you think of them losing at that stage specifically? Like, not making the World Series and just missing it right before? Beautiful. Um, it Was like, that like to you the ideal time for them to lose i mean the only better time would have been in the world series <laughs> game seven but would you have wanted them to go but to the world series like nah lose? yeah either I, I just didn't even want to take the risk yeah exactly only if the god himself came down and said yo don't worry they will <laughs> lose then i would have been like sure let them pass on but because even as is and especially if they made the world series astros fans would have been like Oh, you know, Verlander was out. If we had him, we would have definitely won. Like That is a very true point. They would have found something to say, but I don't want him there. Yeah, like I wouldn't yeah. want to even take the risk of them possibly winning it. Astros fans are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I don't disagree. I was going to say something else, but they've been so fucking obnoxious. It's insane. Other side, we got the NL with the Dodgers versus Braves. And this was another one where... Similar to the Rays, the Braves got off to a hot start. Not quite 3-0. It was 3-1, including a game, four game three, where the Dodgers straight demolished them. 11 runs in the first inning, won 15 nothing. Like, it was just embarrassing. But the Braves were still up 3-1, and all they had to do was win one more. But they couldn't do it. Yeah, it was tough for the Braves. It was like on or off completely on days yeah like they got beat up or they were like on fire uh don't get me wrong they still had really fun games that whole uh ozzy albies game with the home run uh mark melanson catching the home run in the bullpen in the back yeah twice in a row which then, was just insane the next day shit happens almost exactly the same it's fucking weird. Like, shit doesn't happen like that in baseball very often. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like baseball is such a fun sport because you get such random things like that. Yeah, it's so memorable in, like, the weirdest ways. And, yeah, like, you saw super fun baseball, but you could tell how outmatched the Braves were that it was kind of like, yeah, even if they make it to the World Series, they sh don't look like the team that should be in the World Series. I mean, the thing was, it was... Because of their inconsistency, mm -hmm. for one, where, you know, we were talking about in the Marlins series, how coming off the Reds, they were super hot with their bats. And mm -hmm. even at the beginning of the Dodgers series, they kind of were. But then those bats just got pretty quiet. And 
They also made some really bad base running errors, especially in game five with Ozuna, which completely turned the game around. So dumb. And yeah, I mean, I think the Braves, they got like great pitching from Ian Anderson, Max Fried, etc. And that's even with Soroka being injured too. But yeah, I mean, their bats couldn't come through for them. And Mookie was like making crazy catches all series. Like they just couldn't break it and yeah i mean that's not to downplay the series though like i think you know we'll talk about the finals in a sec with the world series but i think this was probably the most either exciting or at the least most energetic series of the playoffs because you just had the most electric players on both sides i mean acuna was going crazy all the time just jumping up and down and everything the Braves are a really fun team I could be wrong but wasn't this also like the first series where there were actual fans in the stadium Mm -hmm. so I feel like that also added like a layer to it it brought like a weird different energy to it you started to see players kind of like show off more like don't get me wrong they're gonna still do that but you could tell they were playing in front of a crowd and you had Acuna and Alves who's already like loud out there players like it, like, brought it to another level, and, yeah, it was, in my opinion, probably the most fun series in the playoffs. Yeah, that would be my choice for sure. And, I mean, they were still being energetic in the series before, but I wouldn't disagree that the fans brought that out even more. And for people who aren't aware, it was limited capacity, so, like, 25% or something like that. But, obviously, it's still a lot different than having no fans. And on top of that... Just as a side note, for context, one thing we didn't mention yet, for the Division Series, Championship Series, and World Series, basically everything except for the first round, these were all at neutral site locations. So not at the ballparks of any of the teams playing, but just other sites, so that factored in too, which we can get to with the World Series especially, but yeah. I mean, were you surprised to hear that this Game 7 of the Dodgers-Braves got higher ratings than any nba finals game no you fucking hear that bill simmons <laughs> uh, i don't know what it is i feel like people were tuned into baseball or like something good was happening to baseball this weird ass season in a positive way with the hate to the astros the whole slam diego all san diego controversies the dodgers being hot and all the west coast being in it felt like Every demographic, every state, every area had, like, a reason to tune in. And I didn't quite feel that in basketball. I feel like most people were like, oh, it's for the Lakers, you know, the Kobe passing. And just LeBron being on fire and the whole thing. And no, I'm not surprised. You know, it's baseball. It's what I want to see. <laughs> I mean, these are also, with the Dodgers and Braves, like, two, I would say, of the most well-known baseball teams and big city fan bases yeah i was gonna say like it's the dodgers you have the whole west coast yeah i mean the west coast has the giants and the a's like we mentioned but the population's probably here in the south mostly and then you have the braves who not only have georgia as a state but i feel like every surrounding state and even a lot of florida heads probably like the braves and on top of that we're adding what we mentioned earlier and this being a fun series like there was hype behind it 
baseball heads know about the Braves and like Acuna and Freddie Freeman and Albies being like exciting players. And I mean, everyone knows the Dodgers are good. And with the addition of Mookie and all that shit, like this was just like the perfect series if you think yeah. about it. And for me, I really like the Dodgers Padres one, but truthfully, this was like a well balanced series or even a better series overall. I would take some combination of Dodgers, Braves, Padres, Yankees every year yeah. for the next, like, five years. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I'll take that shit, too. And since we were referencing the NBA in some weird, random way, sports are just leaning towards the West Coast and Florida, really. And basketball was Lakers versus Heat. Baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers versus the... Tampa Bay Rays. Spooky. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we'll get into it, but they went the same amount of games. Six games. Whoa. Hey, (laughs) want to make it spookier? I should call them the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. (laughs) (laughs) Miami Heat. Damn, (laughs) bro. I mean, Florida is like a (laughs) hellhole. Los (laughs) Angeles. Am I dumb or like <laughs> were you already onto that? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think of that, but that's true. The angels, angels versus the <sighs> was the Bellinger meme, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I swear we didn't smoke before we started recording. By the way, we're just high on life. All right, <laughs> baseball. I mean, these are, for people who don't know, two very different teams in terms of, like, how they're built, mm-hmm. where the Dodgers have a lot of bigger superstars, and the Rays, for the most part, have just no names. I mean, we'll get into one guy in particular in a sec, but they're a lot more analytics-driven, and not that the Dodgers don't use that, but the Rays kind of find these tricky ways to make their whole game work by... Mm-hmm their strategy basically yeah they're a small market team that doesn't make all that much money like a yankees team or dodgers team obviously so they got to find other ways to do that and yeah they're mostly analytics bunch of homegrown players nobodies they just have players that they keep for like their rookie contracts and then they kind of get rid of them it's their formula it's been like that since they became a team in the 90s and Hey, took them to the World Series, finally. And, yeah, we got a fun series out of this one, too. Yeah, and these were the two number one seeds in each league. And we both predicted the Rays were going to get there. You had the Padres for the West, like we talked about. I had the Dodgers. But it definitely wasn't, like, guaranteed that it would be one versus one. But it also wasn't totally surprising, either, that this was the matchup. No, not at all. I think I even said it. I think, if I remember right, whoever won the West was probably going to be... Yeah, well, you said whoever won the Dodgers-Padres was yeah. going to win the whole thing. And, like, the only team that could have possibly beat the West or whoever came out of the West was the Yankees, and they didn't make <laughs> it. But not surprising at all. I mean, very rarely do you ever see, like, the top two seeds play each other at the end. Usually one of them fans out somewhere along the way in the playoffs. But yeah, we got the matchup. I wouldn't say the matchup everyone wanted, but kind of like the matchup that the baseball gods wanted. 
the league would have wanted Dodgers Astros for the ratings, but like we said, we didn't want to see that and have the Astros have a chance. But in terms of one other quick thing before we get into the games, I mean, we talked about the Dodgers being this big market team, the Rays being small, that also correlates to fan base. And on top of that, you know, we had mentioned the neutral site thing, and these games were all played at the same stadium that the Dodgers had been playing at. So they were kind of at an advantage there, in my opinion. But even if it was reversed, it didn't fully matter because with the Dodgers fan base, they all made their way to Texas where this was happening. And from what I heard, it was like 70% Dodgers fans in the crowd, 20% third party, like they don't have an association with either team, and 10% Rays. That's rough. I mean, <laughs> let me start off by saying, if they played this, how they played the rest of the season in empty stadiums, the race could have took this. I mean, <laughs> it's like home court for them, you know? Yeah. Having no fans in the stands and having fake crowd noise. I mean, they invented that shit <laughs> uh, just to get that out of the way. Having even, what was it, like 10,000 people in the stadiums or something like that? Yeah. It's like 9,000 too many for them. <laughs> they were overwhelmed, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, all jokes aside, it is a little bit of a advantage, I guess, for the Dodgers. Fielders get familiar with the stadium. I mean, we saw how Bellinger and Mookie played the outfield. It was almost like it was Dodger Stadium. They were familiar right. with the walls and everything at that point. Not that the Rays were having trouble fielding, but it's fine. I wouldn't be mad as like a Rays fan that like the Dodgers got to play there before. All right, so getting into the series itself, I mean, it was... Not the most exciting few games to start off. We saw Kershaw pitch great, kind of going against his playoff narrative history, while Glasnow continued to struggle. Rays lost game one, came back game two with Blake Snell. Game three, Charlie Morton on the mound. They lost it. Not his clutchest performance, but the real craziness started in game four. There were good baseball games, but not exciting baseball games so like if you're a baseball fan and you enjoy great pitching you saw that from kershaw and shit but nothing crazy like game four talking about memorable this is it right here on i don't know is espn classic still a channel on tv it might be like number three thousand something (laughs) like one of the 12 espn (laughs) channels but yeah it'll be for sure played somewhere this game was just back and forth the whole time which i think to me like yeah pitchers games and dominance can be fun sometimes but usually i just want to see a bunch of runs or at least a decent amount of Mm -hmm. action happening where it makes it exciting yeah i mean i appreciate good pitching but i am more of a fan of like a slugfest right i find those way more exciting i wasn't watching this one which was crazy i was like at work experiencing the whole thing through the mlb at bat (laughs) which is not the best way to uh experience a game but stay in tuned uh did watch the highlights later on but it's not the same experiencing it must have been crazy well you're also watching it you know working in la so were your coworkers like every time it's going back and forth like yes no i was that person bro (laughs) Anyone there would have swore I was the biggest race fan, but it was mostly just like 
to get in their heads. Right. The race would go up, and I'd be like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and they'd look, and they'd think I'm, like, joking around, like, trying to, you know, taunt them or whatever. And I'm right. like, nah, the, the race actually took the lead. And like, Fuck, what the hell? And, like, it was, like, this whole back and forth, me taunting them, like, yo, don't don't worry. Like, I'd go up to them, like, nah, I'm just, like, playing around with y'all. Like, I want the Dodgers to win. They're going to take it in eight games. Like, they got this. <laughs> they, like, punch me and shit. Like, having fun with it, obviously. But, yeah. Pretty much every inning, at least one of the teams scored. And it was just going back and forth in terms of who would take the lead. And then it was the top of the eighth, the Dodgers score. They're in the lead, and the Rays are up in the bottom of the ninth. Kenley Jansen was in pitching Dodgers reliever. Basically, every Dodgers fan is, like, sick to their stomach watching. He is the black sheep of the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been a successful team for, like, the last six, seven years, meaning that they make the playoffs, they've made the World Series a couple times, they've gotten really close to getting rings, but they never do. A lot of the times when they lose, this guy, Kenley Jensen, is the one that either gives up the hits to give the other team the lead or lets the other team tie it up. So a lot of the times when the Dodgers fall, he's been the person pretty much in the hot seat. So he's like the black sheep. He's what many people see as like the reason why the Dodgers lose. Whether the Astros were cheating against them or whatever, he's the one that's taking the fall. So Yeah, and he's the closer, so he's put yeah. into those situations. He's the last face you see. Yeah, exactly. Even though your team could have done twelve hours that game, right. the last person you see is Kenley Jensen. He's gonna take the fall. So that sets it off for you. So he comes in, he's trying to get out and on the race side with the bottom of that inning one big person that they had coming up, which was key, was Randy Rosarena, who, I mean, let's just talk about him for a sec before we get into what happened. He is a rookie from Cuba, and he didn't even play until, like, the end of August because he had COVID, and the legend goes that he would just be in his apartment, cook rice and chicken, and do 300 push-ups a day. And he put on like 15 pounds of muscle. Came in, hit like seven home runs in that month he played in the regular season. But still, no one really knew who he was. And then the playoffs came and he just went ham the whole time leading up to the World Series. And even in the World Series leading up to this game four, he had already broken like the playoffs home run record and hits record, I think, too. Or at least eventually. And all this stuff were... He was getting comparisons to, like, Barry Bonds for how dangerous he was at the plate. Yeah, he was, like, I don't know where in the series against the Yankees is when I feel like a lot of people noticed him because he was performing in the playoffs. Dude killed the Yankees, hit, like, four or five of those home runs to beat the record against the Yankees. Every time he came up to bat, like, he was, like, the most feared batter, batting, like, 500 and... You're like, oh, fuck, maybe he's just on a hot streak against us, but not. Like, kept going with the Astros and kept piling on, and it was like, holy fuck, like, this might not be a fluke. And, yeah, gets to the World Series, and the dude's still performing. And I remember even, like, in the series with the Astros, it was like, oh, yeah, most hits are blah, 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 for a rookie, blah, blah, blah. Then you get to the World Series, and it's like, nah, now he's breaking records, like, all time, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, from a rookie 
And he's like, yeah, in the same sentences as like these all-time Hall of Fame grades. Not that Barry Bonds is that, even though he should be, but... He was the MVP of the playoffs, for sure. Yeah, easily. So anyway, he's coming up in the bottom of the ninth. Not right away. Jansen gets a couple outs, but there's a runner on first. And up comes the Rosarena. It's a super dramatic matchup. They have the cameras like close in on each of them with the split screen. And basically, he ends up walking him. This is, again, with two outs, bottom of the ninth. Razor down one. Now he walks him, two men on base, and, you know, this is for anyone who played baseball growing up, like, that situation you dream of, like, when you're hitting with your friends, like, oh, bottom of the ninth, runner's on, two outs, it's all on me. And so, after a Rosarina comes, you know, we talked about how the Rays are pretty much a team of nobodies, or, you know, not that they're worth this, but they're not big names. And up comes Brett Phillips, who nobody really knows. (laughs) And what I'm about to say next unfolds in, like, multiple different levels. So he gets a line drive off Jansen into the outfield. Runner on second comes around, scores easily. There was never going to be a chance of getting him out. So it's already at least a tie ball game. But then, in the outfield, Chris Taylor, as he's going to pick up the ball misplays it and also he's there because Bellinger had like an injury thing where he was DHing that game he wasn't in the outfield so it usually would have been him there but Taylor misplays it he throws it in Muncy is at the cutoff and then he also makes a bad throw home and then the catcher Will Smith who also could have been Austin Barnes he thinks the next guy or Rosarena who's super fast is about to come up and try to score so he tries to get the ball and swipe it as fast as he can to tag him out. But meanwhile, a Rosarena has tripped, and you don't even see this in the broadcast yet. Like, they show this later on the replay, but he tripped rounding third, so he wasn't even close yet, but Will Smith never had the ball. It, like, went past him, ricocheted off, and so Rosarena is then able to basically, like, crawl home, essentially, and like outstretches his arm onto the plate, an image that will be like burned in my mind forever. And he like slaps the plate and they win the game. And like how I'm describing doesn't do it justice. To see it unfold live was one of the craziest plays I've seen in I don't know how long. Like it was just insanely exciting and so many different moments within that one play that was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And then when he finally scored, it was like, oh my fucking god. Like, it was just crazy. Yeah, it's it's one of those that is really hard to explain. It's something you gotta see. And even if you see and you don't really understand the game of baseball or don't watch it much, you don't realize how special or how unlikely that is to happen. It's like this moment stacked with just levels of insaneness that doesn't happen usually. First off, like you mentioned, Phillips, I believe he hadn't swung a bat like in a game in like a month. Insane. (laughs) And all of a sudden you put him in the biggest stage ever. Like, think about that in sports. It's like a player in the World Cup and you're going to give him the free kick or whatever, the penalty kick. (laughs) And he hasn't played in a month. Think about that. Like, And arguably this is even harder than that. And on top of that, 
he's part of the race like this dude is not even making a mill probably like yeah he's literally a nobody i know him because when he was a rookie a few years back there's like a profile because he has arguably the funniest laugh in baseball <laughs> comes up gets the clutch hit he's gonna tie the game right so that's a given but then you have like a good fielding center fielder i know it's not his position but he's not a bad fielder bobbles the ball that's an error that doesn't happen much in baseball even in a game you get maybe one or two errors maybe doesn't happen like every day picks it up throws it to the caught off hits him another thing that doesn't usually happen in baseball you don't just trip while like almost scoring like it sounds weird like oh tripping that's weird no yeah like that whole tripping thing created that whole scenario which you explained with the catcher trying to be fast and like make a play where there is no play and that gives them the chance to score and that whole like crawling and just tapping the base it's literally like layers of like unpredictability and insaneness to win a game literally with like the last strike well that's the thing too it wasn't only the play itself it was the rays are down two to one if they lose that game which they're down going into that inning they basically lose the series you go down three to one and you're the rays versus the dodgers there's 0.01% chance you're coming back, if that. Yeah. And for them to go from that to then tying the series with that win, it just makes that play and that hit so much more important and special where it mattered so much. And even Brett Phillips, who got the hit, he was, like, hyperventilating. Like, he couldn't breathe. Like, he had to go on an IV in the dugout after, like, he couldn't even watch the replay. Like... It was just crazy. It was uh, one of those moments that we can for sure remember. But yeah, then going into game five, we got the series tied and Kershaw is on the mound. We kind of alluded to this before, but he has a history, not the same as Jansen because he's a starting pitcher, but he's known or has been known as a pitcher who does amazing in the regular season, but then kind of falls apart at least for certain moments in the playoffs, and has a mixed reputation from some fans because of that. But he came out Game 5 and pretty much dominated, got them the win. The most notable play of that game was the Rays had a runner on third, and he tried to steal home, which is very unusual, especially in the World Series. Very ballsy, and it almost worked, but didn't, and the Rays couldn't do anything else that game. Yeah, sometimes when you try to outsmart other players, it makes you look dumb. And it was really close to being safe, but after that, the Rays were, like, defleted. And Another bad performance from Plasnell facing against him also. But, yeah, moving on to Game 6, the Rays had their better pitcher. Well, one of their multiple better pitchers, Blake Snell, on the mound. Former Cy Young winner, also Twitch streamer. And, I mean, he's the story of the game. He's dominating the whole time he's pitching. Gets to the sixth inning. He's given up one hit so far. And it was like a little single. And he's only at like 60-something pitches at that point. And he comes in, gets an out, gives up one single, and he gets taken out. And this is like the moment, the decision of the game. Because basically... It couldn't have been like any more of a flip of the switch in terms of momentum where 
the Dodgers were like head down the whole time, couldn't do anything on Snell, and Arena had hit a home run in the first inning, so the Rays were up one nothing this whole time, and the Rays take Snell out, even though he's really not that high on the pitch count, they take him out at like 72 or 73, and they take him out as he finishes the second round of the order, which is basically for people who don't know, there's nine batters per team, and then once you go through the nine, that's one round. So he's coming up in the third round, which some people think is like, oh, you shouldn't allow pitchers to see batters for the third time. And that was the raised rationale there, or at least that's what they say. And not only that, which is bad in itself, but they bring in a reliever, Anderson, who had given up a run in each of his last six appearances that he came in to pitch. It was just like, one of the stupidest moves I've ever seen. Again, not just the snow part, which people focus more on, but didn't even bring in one of their good relievers, which, as they say, they have a whole stable of guys who throw 98. But they bring in this guy who's been terrible, and literally within six pitches, they not only lose the lead and it's tied, but the Dodgers go on top 2-1, to one, and it stayed that way. Yeah, that decision easily one of the dumbest that I can remember. And if you're thinking like, oh yeah, hindsight, twenty twenty, whatever. No, this is something that as it was happening, everyone's like, Dodger fans are like, wait, he's taking him out. Let's go, we got yeah. a chance. Dave Roberts said Mookie literally smiled at him when it happened. Yeah, and if you're a race fan, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like. Yeah, it, it hurts because, one, I really like Blake Snell. Uh, you mentioned he's a streamer and shit. I even have gone on and, like, watched him multiple times. Funny. I like him. Wouldn't mind if he goes to the Yankees. Go ahead and do that. Yeah, I know you're listening. <laughs> um, but on top of that, it's like, one, you wanted to go to game seven. Two, again, Blake Snell. He's going to fucking suffer through that. Three, is just fucking dumb. Like, he's literally giving the pitching performance of his life. Yeah, easily in the biggest stage of all it just hurts you don't want to see that in sports and the thing too is that you know the rays are supposed to be this super analytics driven thing but the analytics don't even support that move or back it up in any way whether it be the third time facing batters for him or mookie's numbers against him who is up next or anderson's numbers like i talked about It was literally a flip of the switch. It felt like I was watching two different games after that happened. And one thing we haven't talked about is that while Arroz Arena was doing incredible for the Rays, the rest of their offense was straight garbage the whole World Series. I mean, they weren't great in the playoffs in general, but especially the World Series, like, he was really the only one that was scary in their lineup. Brandon Lau came alive a little bit more than he had been, but mostly it was just quiet. Yeah, and it sucks, and I don't think they did much about it. Like, you saw it against the Yankees, you saw it against the Strohs, where, like, they figured out a way to get the hits together and win. And against the Dodgers, they couldn't find that at all. And they didn't even, like, try to go around it. Uh, For example, like, they have Willie Adames, who's 
great fielder, decent batter, but just was off he was this horrible. entire time. He's a guaranteed out at the plate. Yeah, exactly, like a guaranteed out, and they still let him go. Wasn't he, like, the second to last or the last out to... Yeah, he was the very last out. Yeah, he was, like, the last strikeout, and it's like, oh, you didn't even try. You have a bench full of players that could possibly do better than a guy yeah, who hasn't gotten a hit in, like, a month. Since the last time freaking Phillips swung a bat, it feels like, and... Yeah, they didn't even try. Uh, maybe they were just defleated and, I don't know, realized they did the dumbest mistake in the sixth inning when they took out Snell out. But at that point, it was like Dodger series from that moment. And a lot of hate came from that. I mean, reporters, journalists, just... Yeah, I feel like everyone was pouring it on. That's been talked about more than the Dodgers actually winning. Oh, yeah, It was for like sure. that decision. And uh, another thing, which we'll get into in a sec, but with the game itself, yeah, like that really made the game that was it that was the whole reason and i'm not saying that the dodgers wouldn't have won in the end but they should have at least left snow in to see what he can do in the season it's different because you're trying to like strategize and especially in the playoffs to make sure guys get enough rest in between starts but this is literally what you're working for the whole year this is what it comes down to it's an elimination game. If you lose, which they did, you're out. And Snell definitely wanted to pitch more. He was so pissed when they came out. And at the very least, I just want to see a game seven. And at the very least, if it were to end in game six, I wanted to see Snell finish and see what he can do. So it was not only frustrating that they lost and we didn't get to see a game seven, but it just sucks to see Snell go through that, and we'll never know, you know, what he could have done. I truly didn't really care who won. Like I said, I just wanted it to go to Game 7. You just don't want it to be, like, a dumb reason like that. You just want one team to outplay the other. Took away from the Dodgers winning, because it wasn't about them winning the game. It was about the Rays losing it. Yeah, exactly. And if anything, Dodgers were out here doing some phony shit in the background, too. I mean, <laughs> another controversy that happened was that justin turner third baseman for the dodgers was actually taken out of the game mid game not even mid game like yeah, late right game before the eighth because he tested positive for covid19 <laughs> so i had like the game still on after like the celebration whatever and all of a sudden it comes up this reporter's like breaking news i'm like uh, what is going on he's like justin turner has tested a positive for covid i'm like what the fuck <laughs> and then right after that like that's what broke it and after that everyone on twitter was like you know what's going on so confused and it was something where his test the day before had been inconclusive and then mid game in like the second inning they let the leak know that but when they did, like, the tests from that day had already been there, but they hadn't done them yet. So they ran those, and that's when it came back positive. Basically, a whole bunch of, like, you said, phony stuff. Hmm. And are we ready to get into the conspiracy theory section of this podcast? Ready? <laughs> I mean, when we started, I was about to start talking <laughs> about this. But we're here. The fact that this came out as the only positive test in, like, 60 days right after the last game ended was no coincidence. They were not going to let that news come out and delay the playoffs before it ended. Like, there's no way 
Rob Manfred and the league were going to let that happen. I think it's not even a stretch to say that they were hiding any positive cases or positive tests that came out through the playoffs. And I'm not saying even the players knew. Maybe they hid it from them as well. But they weren't going to let that happen. And people were like, oh, what if the race had won? Like, what would have happened then? Would it have been delayed two weeks? Like, no. This wouldn't have come out if the race won that game. Maybe Turner would have been mysteriously out of the game or something. And that's like even a maybe in itself. But I think MLB was not going to let this get out. And this literally became the story. It wasn't the Dodgers winning. It was like two seconds of, oh yeah, Kershaw got a ring. And then it was like, oh wait, Turner has COVID? Like, wait, what? And like, basically this whole day after we're recording this, the night after, it's all been about Turner and what this all means. Rob Manfred fucking knew. I I mean, you couldn't have said it any better. There's no way this shit is a coincidence that just happened to happen today. Yeah, take them out right before they win. Let's break the news right after they win. Yeah, like, just the timing alone is so fucking weird. At absolute best, it's insanely suspicious. The only thing I dislike more than the Astros is probably Rob Manfred. And it's because this dude is like the phoniest, least transparent, worst thing that's happened to baseball. He's legit like the fucking Donald Trump that happened to baseball. (laughs) Uh, Like we said earlier, baseball imitates real life. (laughs) Here it is. Um, (laughs) This is one of those stories that with time... We'll learn more about it and then oh, it'll yeah. become a thing almost like in the Astros way. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if this is something you could blame the Dodgers on. No, and also I think, you know, there was another aspect where Turner at first got taken off the field and he was like waiting in some room or something, but then he eventually came onto the field to celebrate with everyone and he wasn't even wearing a mask for most of the time and he was like kissing his wife and all this stuff. And I do think, you know, he deserves some accountability for that. But also, MLB was like, oh, yeah, we told him not to go. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to go. Like, what? Like, he was just like, sir, Mr. Turner, uh, you can't go onto the field. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to go. And they're like, uh, geez, all right, if you say so. <laughs> it's like, what kind of protocol is that? Like, yeah, that's not no. a real set of regulations. And today, the day after, MLB, like, quote, unquote, did an investigation and they basically blame the whole thing on Turner. Like, no, you have to have accountability as a league. You can't just blame it on the players. He's not in like a normal headspace. He's at a moment where he's literally been working his whole life, given every single thing in his body for this very moment to win a championship. It's what you dream of as a baseball player. And when you finally do it, the field is literally right there with your teammates to celebrate, to hold the trophy. He was in a state of euphoria that we can't describe. And he shouldn't be the one, in my opinion, at least that takes the full blame. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve any, but this is on MLB to me more than him and more than the Dodgers. Like, this just makes the league look terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's the fucking Rob Manfred special. Yeah. (laughs) Exhibit A, the whole Astros thing. We know this for a fact to be, like, a fucking high-end Ocean's Eleven type of scheme the Astros were running. (laughs) Like, many people fucking knew about this. 
But who's taking the fall for this? Those two fucking coaches. It's going to be the same shit with this. They're going to try to put this whole thing on Justin Turner. Even if we never really find out, we know that this isn't just on Justin Turner. Like, he's not even the one in charge of this shit. There has to be other people that knew about this. Even before then, I don't even want to believe that they found this shit out in the seventh inning, let's say. Yeah, that's bullshit. I'm cool with fucking Rob Manfred looking bad. I'm all in for, like, get this guy out of the office like Trump. (laughs) I completely agree. And also, in the kind of, you know, championship ceremony right after the game, he was there presenting the trophy, which he infamously called just a piece of metal when referring to, you know, getting rid of the Astros championship and stuff. And while he was presenting the trophy and just speaking in general, he was getting booed. And this is also, of course, by primarily Dodgers fans in attendance who are so happy of winning their first championship since 1988. And meanwhile, they still have the anger to boo this man. Like, that's how much people hate him. And you can hear it even in a limited capacity stadium. But, yeah, we got to get rid of Rob Manfred somehow. Maybe this Turner thing, if more comes out, and if it's a whole thing with the playoffs and them hiding tests, I mean, who knows? Maybe that could get rid of him. We'll see. But John Boy, break that story. (laughs) Hell yeah. But in terms of, like, final notes on the World Series, I mean, Corey Seager won MVP for the series. He was playing out of his mind all playoffs. I mean, he's just on a whole new level. I think it's coming from his hair, but he was going off. Yeah, and I mean, Rosarena had all the hype because he was breaking all the records, but Corey Seager was literally like one behind him on like everything. Just Rosarena kept one-upping him, but that doesn't take away from how good his performance was too. And Mookie Betts, who we mentioned here and there, but he's a new addition to the Dodgers this year. Some people think he's kind of what pushed them over the edge. They still probably would have won without him, but he was definitely a big part of the team. He's just fun to watch and super energetic, super charismatic. And yeah, Walker Buehler pitched amazing. He's putting up crazy playoff legacy numbers. Kershaw shut down a lot of people, although there will always be haters who talk about his stuff in the past and will never forgive that. But he's one of the best of this generation and yeah, what do you think of kind of how the World Series played out overall? I don't want to hate on it. I think it played out pretty well. My thoughts would be very different if Game 4 didn't happen the right. way it did. Totally. Um, that definitely brought it up a couple points. I for sure would put it on the pro side. I'd go like a light pro. One, it kind of went how we thought it would. I mean, we predicted it even on the episode before. We said like whoever comes out of the West is going to win it. But... The things that made it more positive was that, like, Kershaw performed well. I'm a Kershaw fan, so... Finally got his ring. Finally got the ring. Finally, like, shut people up. Kenley Jansen did his thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> keeping it <laughs> keeping it real. Consistency, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, Corey Seager, shout out to you. I got his rookie card somehow. I just oh, remembered right now. I got it, like, fucking six, seven years ago. I don't know. <laughs> he was probably, like, 17 or something. I it was, mean, like, his I know first we've been man. talking about him for a long time. Yeah. So that's cool to see him, like, finally. And he's gone through injury stuff. Yeah, he's gone through a lot. He was supposed to be, like, one of the biggest stars in the game. And this is kind of, like, his moment. So that's cool to see. 
Mookie, he's gotten chips before with the Red Sox, but good to see him win outside of the Sox, I guess. Um, I like him as a player. Many people even brought up the argument of better than Trout, question mark? I don't know if I'd go as far as to call him better than him, but I'm up for the argument, you know? Like, I don't hate on that. I don't think it's outrageous to say. But yeah, Walker Bueller, future great pitcher. It's just like a lot of positive little things happen. Like, I like the Dodgers as players. But yeah, I just wish it went to like a game seven. I wish it didn't have this controversy to end it. I hope it doesn't go crazy. But it seems like it's going to be something that we're going to talk about next year, too. Yeah, off season. As we, like, find more shit out, you know. But the actual playing and all that, yeah, can't hate on it. It was pretty fun. I'd give it, like, a light pro. Like we talked about, like, they've been there for the past years. And they arguably got cheated out of it with the Astros. So I think they definitely deserve to get one in general. And the Dodgers were clearly the better team. They deserve to win this year anyway. They were the best team all year. Never really should have been in doubt. Offense, defense, they were just great. So I think the best team won. And yeah, I agree. Definitely could have been more of an exciting series outside of Game 4 and without the frustration of Game 6 and if it had gone Game 7. But yeah, I would say like light to solid pro. Like Game 4 was so special, which you don't always get, even with a closer series and... Overall, still had enough to make it interesting and stuff to remember, so. can agree with that. And the playoffs overall, I'd probably give, like, a solid to heavy pro. Yeah, the playoffs themselves, I'd probably go with a solid pro as well. All right, last question before we go. Do you think this is, quote-unquote, like a fake season or asterisk season? Yeah, no. Uh, Yeah, because it's hard not to call it something different like it's not the usual no because it's an even playing field everyone's playing under the same rules same restrictions same everything uh and the playoffs were pretty much the same yeah uh basically everyone had the same chance at doing whatever you could with your team under the circumstances and champion is a champion yeah i agree with all that and i think even if we had a full season with the teams this year I still feel like the Dodgers would have won. Like, they were by far and away the best team. So, I don't think anyone got cheated out of that. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, that wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Kev. You can find me at Same Old Kev pretty much everywhere. And I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O on everything. Go Doyers. Congrats, Kershaw.